Hey, what's up folks and welcome back to another 3D Hangout. My name is Noel Ruiz. I'm a designer here at Adafruit and joining me every week is my brother Pedro. Good morning everybody. I'm Pedro Ruiz, Creative Tech here at Adafruit and every week we're here to share 3D printed projects featuring electronics from Adafruit. That's right. This is a show we combine 3D printing and DIY electronics to make inspirational projects. So last week was a bit of a break as we mourn the, the uh, death of uh, George Floyd and uh, you know just we're silencing ourselves so other work, uh, other we voices can, can be amplified other. for the Black Lives Matter movement. It's really front and center. So if you go on the website, it is there. There's a banner, and it's really an important call to action. It's basically a list of resources and links that the internal folks have been putting together. It's an ongoing list. It's going to be updated. A lot of the folks have been um, out there signing petitions. Internal folks are in, uh, donating. And Adafruit team members are actually out there protesting against anti-racism or, yeah. Anti-racism, yeah. So one of the most uh, call to action things you can do is uh, the bail bonds, I think, is very helpful for the protesters out there. And then one of the things that's becoming front and center is a lot of the uh, policies that need to be reformed for the police. So a lot of defunding that needs to be happening. Uh, it's kind of crazy where their budgets are a lot more higher than the education budgets or even some of the like road work or things that should have a lot more budget than having a militarized police. So that is one of the front and center uh, actions that you can take, uh, figuring out what your local representatives are and emailing them, letting your voices be heard, and then obviously uh, electing officials that uh, have these same views. So folks that are out there protesting, there is a nice resource that internal folks have put together. Um, digital privacy and taking security measures for staying safe while you're out there protesting. So this is a great resource. Definitely check it out. It's, it's featured on the blog. So how to get ready, prepare yourself for this, using the buddy system, documents to keep with you, preparing your phone, uh, lots of tips. There's a list of apps and things. What do you do when things get weird, right? So this is going to be really helpful for folks that are out there protesting. And there, of course, there's always some learn guides for some projects that can help you and assist in the, in the fight. Let's see here. Back so, to yeah, Adafruit's been doing a lot before this. Uh, like uh, one of the uh, big causes that uh, we were uh, pushing forward was the Black Girls Code, donating a lot of Circuit Player and Expresses uh, for, uh, you know. This uh, Monday, the manufacturing team is putting together all those things and sending them out. Like you said, we've been doing it for years now. We're just going to continue to do it. Mm -hmm. One of the other causes, too, was the, um, the Black uh, Game Developer. Uh, right, organizations. And, there, and that's all actually in this list as well. Uh, so check that out. And that is at uh, adafruit.com slash Black Lives Matter. It's going to be updated every day by a lot of the team members, which if you have not uh, seen, uh, you know, Adafruit is in New York, melting pot. This is what Adafruit looks like. Huge wave of different colors, backgrounds, races, creeds. Uh, it's all at Adafruit. So that is everybody who is making all the products that you guys buy and use in all your projects. Let's see, I got some more stuff here. One of the kind of things that Adafruit can also do when purchasing from suppliers, there's lists of things that your company has to do to ensure that your products are safe, that they're sanitized. It's a lot of paperwork. So one of the ideas is to, for those giant large media corporations that are asking to purchase from Adafruit, well, we're gonna start telling them, hey, please send us a list to your public statement about anti-racism. Where do you stand with that? I mean, Adafruit has a lot of things to do, fill out forms, terms of purchasing, 
And we get asked to sign that we promise not to sell to terrorist organizations. So in that same vein, we're going to start doing that uh, uh, for our suppliers. So this, this is going to stay here and continue. And one of the things that we've been doing in terms of actionable items, since we can't be on the front lines with the protesters, always have their backs, is educating the next generation. You know, um, having kids understand, especially with COVID and everything going on, there's probably going to be less social interaction between kids. We have to make sure that they all understand that all races and creeds, um, there's no one better than the other. It's all, we're all humans. And uh, one of the you know, things that subconsciously that kids think when they're watching a lot of media or even the educational content is, you know, that, you know, all, you know, all races are, you know, we're all human. So being able to talk about all of this uh, with your kids to make sure that the next generation understands that, um, you know. So if you're struggling with that, we have a nice list of reading material. So there's some books that you could read and, and uh, really educate your, yourself and listen and have this uncomfortable conversation with your family and your friends and your kids if you have them. Yeah, one of the things that's going on right now, uh, front and center on the blog, is uh, you know just the, the committee that's going on live right now on... Uh, the House Judiciary Committee hearing on police brutality and racial profiling. It's happening yeah. right now. So uh, again, to uh, reiterate is, you know, figure out who your elected officials are, get your voices heard, and uh, make sure that uh, there's more funds going into education and not the militarization of police. All right, it's an, like I said, it's a continuing, ongoing battle that we're going to help uh, amplify the voices of everybody. Yeah, and then, you know, uh, heartbreaking to see all this uh, with uh, the way we've grown up, uh, black people have always been uh, you know, super helpful. It's why we are where we're at. Our uh, commercial arts teachers, uh, Mr. Thompson, Ms. R. Carey, uh, is the reason why we uh, were able to learn, that we learned all of these uh, skills that we know, uh, like for production and for graphic design, for video editing. It's where I learned Maya, 3D yeah. animation. Um, even in, uh, as we were getting into uh, high school, it was uh, our principal, Mrs. Banks, who got us internships at uh, the Palm Beach County Zoning Division where we had you know, really good jobs because of you know, all the people that, black people that helped us get our portfolios ready. Our uh, business mentor, uh, Terrence Tuck, black. Um, so that's how we know, uh, that's how we've experienced uh, black people as hardworking professionals. So it definitely breaks our heart to see you know, a lot of the, um, you know, what's going on right now. Yeah. And to experience like racial profiling here in our new neighborhood was, yeah. was pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, we have a nice mix of races in here, and um, you know all it does, all it takes is one person to complain about you know just one black guy who's walking around not doing anything wrong, just you know taking a walk. Um, I was actually walking my dog. I met him, and he was just asked me, uh, you know, if the Uber would come into the neighborhood. And because of, you know, just one person who complained about that, we had a bunch of detectives going through our entire neighborhood looking for this one guy. And, you know, they came knocking on our door, unmarked police cars. And luckily, you know, I, did, I didn't think that was the cop. Luckily, I was able to talk to them through our camera. You know, I didn't Scared go out camera. there. And we actually had to call the police department to make sure that this was an actual cop going through our neighborhood. Cause I, you know, he didn't leave a card, but yeah, he didn't leave a card behind. 
He didn't have any info on what he actually wanted. So uh, after we called the police department, we saw that it was, or they didn't even know that the detective was, you know, sent down here. That just gives you a little bit of taste of what, you know, we've seen even in our own neighborhood. All it takes is one person who uh, isn't, you know, one Karen who is complaining about, uh, you know, just a person of color walking down the street. And there's no way, easy way to segue out of this, but uh, that's, uh, that's what we're doing here. And then a little bit of our experiences there. Yeah. So go ahead and continue on with the show. As you said, no easy way to transition to it, but um, let's go ahead and continue on with uh, last week's and this week's projects. Yeah. Yeah, so this week we have a Raspberry Pi project. Uh, so we got our hands on the new Pi camera, the HQ uh, camera, and we figured we'd put a case together. I'm trying to get to my camera. There we go. So this is our little 3D printed case for the Pi 4. Uh, so the Pi 4 has a little bit of a difference uh, than the Pi 3. Uh, so I made sure to accommodate for all the different uh, uh, components that were moved. We got our two micro HDMI ports over here. And we got access to the GPIO pins in the back there. A couple comments on, on the ribbon cable. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of out there and it looks like it could be, you know, better secured, but because of how low profile it is to this back cover here, um, it just kind of have it out there. So if you, you are going to build that, just, just be aware and be kind of careful with the ribbon cable. Um, you don't want to damage that, but it is a snap fit design and it's modular. Um, and I'm kind of going to take it apart here. Just going to show that it's snap fits, but um, so what's cool about it is that it's a C-mount um, lens adapter or compatible with C-mount lenses and CS-mount lenses. So this is a lens we got on Amazon that is, is, is actually pretty good. I think it's around $30 to $40 yeah. and it has a super nice uh, low F, that's the aperture, how much light it can allow into the camera. Uh, it's a manual F stop here, so this has a, it goes down to 1.6 which is pretty good when it comes to lenses. Um, so this is a pretty sweet one. We have it linked in the learn guide as well. If folks want to uh, take a crack at uh, getting a nice quality lens. Um, the only thing about this is it's a 35 millimeter lens. And with that, it's actually quite close up. And that's so. because there is a crop factor that's going on in there. So where it is zooming up on uh, the image so what a 35 millimeter would be it actually bumps it up to about like 85 millimeters i believe it's pretty close so you definitely want to get uh, something like a fisheye lens if you want to get a wider angle yeah and uh, i really like that it has a built-in tripod screw this is like a, an aluminum uh, bracket here that's like tied onto the pcb so it's got really nice uh nice build quality to it and when it comes to the actual quality of the camera Taking stills is really nice, but how about video? Since uh, we, we really like to shoot video, we uh, did some video tests. And uh, this is what we got. So this is our little puppy named Rufio. He's actually right down there sleeping. Uh, so we're out in the daytime. Probably the best time to film is daytime. A little bit overblown, but you can uh, recover some of that, uh, some of that data here as the, 
a shot of um, outside looking at the sky. Yeah, very surprising that you're able to do a little bit of color correction without having the image completely fall apart. So the bitrate, even though if it's even though it's at uh, 25 megabits a second, uh, you are able to get a pretty good recovery on um, 25 the image. megabits is pretty good. Um, what's cool is that you have you have some nice controls uh, to adjust things like the ISO and um, uh, the EV, which is like the exposure compensation and uh, the bitrate, you can explicitly say how much bitrate do you want. So uh, adding that in, in into uh, while you're recording is, is really nice to be able to say, I want the highest quality. Yeah, and, uh, uh, Andy Callaway in the chat ask, is asking, what is the resolution of a camera? It's a 1920 by 1080. For video, yeah, 1920 by 1080. So in the learn guide, uh, we reference to the, um, it's a PDF. On, on the Raspberry Pi Foundation site. And you can download it, it's a free PDF. And it really goes through all the different camera settings, the camera specs. I was just on that, looking at it and, and trying out all the different settings. Um, so it's definitely a great resource. It's the resource, really, if you, uh, if you want to capture, uh, whether it's photography or, or some video uh, with, uh, with the new HQ camera. So check it out, it's definitely a great read. Uh, even if you don't have the camera, just find out how uh, all the different things. And there's a lot of example code too, uh, which is what we're going to start doing as uh, playing around with uh, different ways to uh, to trigger it. We think it'd make a really good um, uh, add addition to our time lapse setup. So we're going to try playing around with that once we get some more time. And then James McDonald in the YouTube chat is asking if uh, if this could be used as a webcam. And uh, Melissa, uh, maker Melissa, was doing some tests, uh, doing uh, using it as a webcam, and she uh, was able to get some really good tests out of that. So uh, yeah. be on the lookout for some code for that. Yeah, there's a lot of testing still to do. We really need to see how well it works as a webcam and in a low light condition. So that'd be really nice yeah, to see be our next yeah. test on that. Cool. So check it out. Um, just a little case. What I really like about it is um, sort of the PCB mount. Oh, man, I wish I had to. This little guy here is like, it's a 20 minute print, which is awesome. So if you just need a, a, a good way to secure the, the, the camera module to the back of the Pi, it's 20 minutes, yay. It, it needs a, a couple of hardware screws. It's uh, the M25 nylon screws, um, but we have a, a kit too. If uh, you're looking for some screws, we, uh, we tend to use these for a lot of different projects. Um, where is our, there it is. So you can pick that up if you need some of the hardwares. And of course, there's lots of accessories you kind of need for this setup, uh, particularly the power supply. It's specifically for uh, powering the Pi 4. So you need a little bit of extra amperage, that little bit of extra voltage too. And it's a USB-C connector on there. We do, we are stocking these uh, lenses. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to test those lenses. They're actually from the Pi Foundation. They're the folks that are uh, supplying this to us. And we haven't been able to get our hands on those yet. So that's why we're like, hey, we need to buy this other lens. Yeah, so we can't attest to uh, the build quality. Some of the image samples of it does look pretty good, but again, we don't know what the yeah. uh, build quality is until we get them in. The, uh, the Pi camera module itself does come with a ribbon cable that connects uh, to, and it supports like all of the versions of, of uh, the Raspberry Pi, even the older versions, which is interesting. Um, but if you are doing something where you need a longer cable or maybe even a shorter cable, 
Adafruit's got some nice, uh, a nice assortment of the flex cables for the Pi camera. So uh, here I am on the site, and uh, they're all broke. They're all segmented by uh, how long they are. Um, some of them, a lot of them, are out of stock, but we do have uh, these two here, and they come in Adafruit Black, of course. So those are some nice accessories there. Um, also, the micro to HDMI cable is something that uh, we kind of didn't have, so it was nice to pick that up and. Uh, and have and have that available in the shop. And uh, James McDonald is uh, asking if this has been tested with OBS, which is the Open Broadcast uh, Software yeah. System. Yep. I think that is exactly what uh, Melissa was testing that on. So more to come on that, but I think it, it should work. It's uh, piping in audio, audio and video, so uh, definitely some promising tests going on there. And one more uh, shot of the puppy. There it is. <laughs> Everybody likes puppies. Yeah. So there are some auto exposure, I think, that we left on for the settings there. So uh, definitely uh, yeah, there's be still, aware of that. Yeah, there's still stuff to, to test there. And then one of the things that uh, we saw right at the end after everything was published uh, was that we were able to get it to run on the, um, what is it? the. 14 milliamp hour battery? Yeah, that was interesting. So <laughs> I wouldn't recommend this, but uh, apparently you can run it off of, of a five volt USB battery. Um, we need to do more testing on it, but we were really surprised that uh, it worked longer than a half hour, which is surprising. Mm -hmm. There's no fan on it uh, either. So it was a little bit hot. We didn't measure the heat, but it, it was a little bit hot. The case didn't melt. We are in South Florida, more Central Florida now, but uh, that's one thing to be aware of too. If you're running it long, gonna probably need a camera, uh, a fan on on the uh, on the chip. Yeah, after running it for a half hour, I didn't feel it being so hot. So right. uh, again, so that could use your mileage may vary on that one. Right. So when it came to modularity, I really wanted this to be a, a modular case. So what I'm doing here is just taking out the ribbon cable, so I can take this out. And then you have access to uh, all the all the bits there. Um, yeah, Let's take the lens off here. The uh, so it's a four-piece kind of five-piece design, right? So you got this back cover here that just kind of protects that, but still exposes a couple of the ribbon connectors and the uh, the GPIO stuff there. And then the front also has a um, a snap fit cover. Don't want that to roll off the table. And uh, I always try to make the, uh, the snap fits um, kind of easy to open, but also kind of difficult to open, depending on uh, what part needs to hold it better. So these snaps here are a little bit uh, thicker and bigger here on this end. So you can take that out, and you can kind of get a look at the inside here of how it's, uh, how it's secured there. And then this extra frame here just kind of provides some more uh, uh, coverage, but it's still snap fits. So this comes out like that. And then now you have just this frame here that has these tabs that are secured to the, the corresponding tabs on the PCB mount. So uh, if you wanted to just have the PCB mount, you could totally do that. But I really like this frame here because it gives you a little bit of uh, surface area to kind of grab onto. Um, and you can you know modify these pieces to have extra, maybe a tripod screw in the top here for a display or a handle here so you can hold it better. So that's really cool that uh, 
can make it uh, modular um, and add on to it. You also have this nice little uh, cutaway here for the micro SD card slot, so I can pull that out with my fingers there, put it back in, like that. So hopefully this is a, is a nice little design that folks can leverage and use it in their projects and focus on uh, what they want to do with their project. And if you folks have any cool ideas, um, definitely throw them in the, uh, the Discord chat and uh, we'll take a look. Discordia has been convinced to build one sure. in the Discord chat here. Yeah, sure. We'll be using it on their 3D printer. This is uh, one of my favorite little tripod um, doodads. Um, I'll drop a link if you guys want it, but it's got a nice hefty uh, um, uh, ball head. Yeah, swivel ball head that has a nice knob and it's like nicely machined. And this piece here is like a little, little foot. It's really, really simple. It goes like that and then you can open it like here. Of course you could 3D print this bit, but I like that it's a nice uh, ABS plastic and this is all machined aluminum. Um, so if you're looking for a nice low profile uh, bit, uh, tripod bit, this is a, a pretty cool option. I've been using it a good amount. And also comments on the Discord from Discordia saying that, yeah, this would be awesome to add a couple of switches for taking photos and videos. Yeah, there yeah. is a example that uh, Philip Rigas did on a Pi camera. I think they're actually using uh, some of the software to make like the UI for uh, having a little picture camera and video to uh, easily take photos on there. Because the way that we're using it right now is uh, literally through the console <laughs> typing yep. in, you know. <laughs> it's a little ridiculous, but hey. There you go. Cool. So that's it there, an ongoing test to play with and a nice little start for uh, getting just projects together so that you can uh, focus on your project and mm -hmm. print out something pretty fairly quickly, hopefully. I think we should probably segue into the so. time-lapse Tuesday for this week since it is directly related to the Pi camera. And it is this awesome little uh, uh, 60 millimeter C mount adapter to EF mount. So we were scouring Amazon for one of these adapters and one of the ones we found was only sold in the UK. Um, but luckily right before we hit that order button for a different one that was more expensive in the US, uh, somebody uploaded this really cool uh, C mount adapter to uh, EF, which we have a ton of these Canon lenses and it, it, to our surprise, worked very well. So we're just using here the 10 millimeter fisheye lens from Sigma, and it worked beautifully. Uh, one of the things that the, we're surprised about besides the image quality is that the threads on this worked really good. <laughs> and here's some of uh, the images from that. Uh, unfortunately though, the, the Thingiverse file that this was uploaded with is kind of hidden in there. He added this to a a sealable uh, camera case for the Raspberry Pi. So it's kind of hidden inside of there. Uh, when I was looking through this, I was like, oh crap, they have This is really the piece AC that we printed. Mount. Yeah, yeah. it's the main piece. So if you are interested in having like an outdoor uh, weatherproof type camera for the Raspberry Pi, uh, you can go ahead and print out the other parts for this. But the main thing that we were talking about here is this C-mount to EF adapter. And if you go over to the overhead, you can see how this guy works. It is a simple EF converter. So it's taken this uh, 
this mount here and then having the proper distance so you have the proper focus length for that with these uh, little uh <laughs> that rufio yeah he was like moaning Snap. the uh, little threads here that go onto the c-mount adapter so it's this ring here that comes with the uh, Raspberry Pi uh, camera mount or module. Mm -hmm. So you have two of these that come with it. One is for, uh, I forget the name of it. One's a C mount and the other CS. one is a CS mount. And this is what uh, screws into there. And again, super surprised that the threads, because they're super small, uh, came out perfectly for this. So it just screws on like that. Oh, makes a nice, uh... <laughs> nice loud noise on that. You woke up the dog. <laughs> what the heck is that? And then this guy mounts on. It's fine. I have trouble finding the mount. And it goes on like that. Uh, I have to warn you though, the f-stop on this is electronically controlled. So you are going to need your Canon camera to adjust what f-stop that you're at. Uh, so whatever you leave it at on your Canon camera or compatible camera is what is going to be on here it's a, since you can't electronically control that it will be uh, stay it will stay at whatever stop you leave it at so right now it's at uh, 2.8 uh, so if I needed to adjust this uh, which we kind of had to when we go outside mm. uh, it's too bright out you know during the day anyway right. uh, we, we have to adjust the f-stop that way uh, you can uh, obviously control the, the ISO on that so that may be another uh, way to control it um, but you are going to have to uh, just be mindful of you know, just how much heavier the EF mounts uh, lenses are uh, compared to the rest of the uh, entire camera. So you are going to have to utilize a tripod to hold the um, quarter 20 uh, mount on that. But definitely a, a nice um, way to utilize uh, uh, lenses that you already have. to do some moderation there. Oh, sorry. Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> spammers. So uh, definitely a good way to, uh, like I said before, use uh, existing cameras. They are super high quality since they're all, you know, the build of uh, these, you know, are weatherproof and they're all glass. So I'll so. be on the lookout for other uh, lens adapters. I think I saw some comments about, is there one oh, for, the, for Nikon, the Nikon lenses? Ones, yeah. And is there, yeah. Um, I haven't seen one yet, but uh, there's definitely some options you can purchase. But uh, I'll keep my eye out on the, uh, the repo sites out there in the community for folks that are uh, sharing uh, different lens adapters. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny because I really didn't think that this was possible. <laughs> um, especially that thread, the pitch, the thread pitch, I just didn't even attempt to attempt it. So I'm glad somebody out there did it mm -hmm. and it works and I still can't believe it. Yeah, <laughs> it's first try actually too. Yeah. Nothing special, like no special, like, oh, it needs to be 100 microns, isn't it, right? It's no, this is just a point two, point two uh, with a point resolution. four nozzle. Uh, pretty typical PLA, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, maybe tolerances might differ for, uh, let's say, ABS. I think it would have a little bit more shrinkage. Yeah. But I think maybe PET-G should be fine as it doesn't have uh, much there. There's a little bit less rigidity when it comes to the, the PETG, but uh, it's a little bit more flexible, right? At yeah. least that was my experience with, with the, the things that I made. But uh, it might be interesting to print this out in, P in PET-G and see what uh, what are the tolerance differences there. Hmm, the Scordy is saying that he tried this actually, but it couldn't get it to work on Cura. I'm guessing the, uh, the mesh uh, wasn't rendered properly. That's weird because that is exactly what I used to uh, create the, or for, to slice this for um, 
Uh, we did this on the Creelty printer and on the Ultimaker printer, and it worked just fine for that. So uh, I don't know what the, maybe tried like the fix. Um, there are some plugins in Cura that try to fix the mesh, but um, hmm. I don't know, it worked out for me. And they're saying that the. Um, have we tried uh, adapters for our Blackmagic uh, yeah. 4K, Pocket 4K yep. cinema camera? So that's a Micro Four Thirds. That would just be a yeah, Micro Four Thirds adapter, adapter to C-mount. Um, there are some... We can uh, link to the one that we use. It's about like $250 or something like that. It was like one of the cheap ones and it does have like a speed boost on it, which uh, increases oh, the f-stop on it. So like a 2.8. Uh, F-stop would it, it'll boost it up to I believe it's that's about to adapt our Canon two. lenses to our Blackmagic. What about yeah. adapting the Blackmagic lenses to the Pi module? So it would just be a here we yeah, go like a microphone with thirds. I believe. Oh, here's the one that that uh, Discordia tried. Oh yeah, this was not the one that we tried. Interesting. Oh wait. No, it's different. Look. Yeah, this one's okay. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't even have a thread on it, or maybe it does. It's difficult it's to just see. Just so small. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Let me link the... to the one that we used. Right. Um, you might have to add that uh, that bottom uh, mounting plate on there. Yeah. Right. That's going to help uh, balance out the uh, mm -hmm. the lens. Yeah, yeah. Like Paige was saying, it, it's kind of hidden in there. It. It doesn't even say in the description, uh, or, but shout out to the, you know, to uh, Thingiverse user, let me get your name correct, Astro, Asto, right? Asto, right? Who uh, uploaded this. There's plenty of parts to it, and this is the main part that, uh, that we uh, printed out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think I might need to try to remake this in Fusion so that, uh, it's parametric, and maybe we can add a uh, a tripod mount to to the the adapter itself. It might be an interesting thing to do. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully that's helpful. Give that one a try. Excellent. Yeah, we got uh, a lot of fun things you can do with this project. Yeah, Andy Cowboy is saying that he's thinking a telescope for this. Yes, yes. we have a Celestron telescope that we should definitely try to adapt to that one. And then some of the other projects we've seen was the um, the Astro one, where it's like actually being able to track like the moon or mm -hmm. certain stars, things like that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So that's a good one to attach the new module to. So then have to check that out if you yep. are looking to make a high quality. Um, yeah, I mean this was uh, Brent in the uh, Slack earlier yesterday was like, man, I didn't expect the image quality to be that good. It's like, yeah, dude, same here. Nope. I was not expecting it to be as good at, you know, the resolution's only, you know, 1920 by 1080, but the um, the lens on it, or the, the sensor that's on there, is uh, pretty big. So definitely a nice uh, alternative, uh, especially for the price, too. Yeah. It's pretty good. Cool. If any folks uh, want to share some projects, too, definitely feel free to share them. All right. So that was last week's project. Yep. Uh, this week... We have nice this week is a nice yes, it's a collab project with Liz Clark, and Liz had this idea where she is a guitarist musician, and she had the idea. Well, what if I could make my own guitar tuner? So she uh, 
used the Pi Portal and thought that the touchscreen would be a good use of, uh, of remaking sort of these web apps. Um, like uh, Fender.com has a, has a web app where you can just click on uh, the different tuning pegs and get an audible sound and tune to that. But you, know, you kind of have to be in front of your computer. You know, with uh, the Pi Portal, you can kind of have it portable, you know, put a battery on it, and then you, can, uh, and you can have it wherever you want, wherever you are more comfortable. So it's a fairly simple uh, demo, but it really shows you how, how awesome CircuitPython is, how quickly you can put this together. So I figured I'd make a case where the Pi Portal can be secured and propped up vertically. So that's really the main thing of this case, is that we really didn't have a case that would have your Pi Portal propped up vertically. And that is the orientation that works the best for this particular project. It's uh, written in the latest version of CircuitPython, and it's using Display I.O. library so that um, so we can use uh, the buttons, uh, the touch buttons here. So here it is. You tap it, tap on one of the tuning pegs, and it'll play the the note uh, three times. They're just uh, they're just wave files, uh, so all these are pre-recorded uh, wave files. Um, that was, I think, in Reason. So they're, they're, uh, they're like MIDI notes out of Reason, and then turned into WAV files, and then brought in uh, through the USB um, storage. We wanted to uh, amplify the audio. There is a built-in buzzer, but uh, we really wanted to uh, put a bigger speaker in here. So we have these really nice mini oval speakers. And they already have the Miko, uh, the Molex Pico connector, which just plugs into the back here. There's a nice little connector there. Plug it in, it just switches automatically. And uh, the bracket, the plate here, the mounting plate has a nice little spot um, for the mini oval speaker. The mini oval speaker has like these little peel backings and has like little adhesives. Didn't need it here because uh, I like the, the ability to take it out and pop it out. So it's just pressed in there. And then uh, you still have access to like the reset button there if you need to reset it there because it is secured here. Um, but it's just you know secure with screws. It's fairly easy to unscrew that and take it apart, which is what I had to do a couple times. Um, another interesting bit here is this uh, this here bezel is like a bit of a screen protector. Without it, um, you can just pop it out. It kind of has these little snap fit tabs here and these uh, little ridges here hug and keep the display uh, centered in place where it's supposed to be. And they're placed so that it's not obstructing the ribbon cable at the bottom here. Um, because I found uh, if you have the tabs down there, it stops registering touch inputs. So having pressure points at the top is, is better than having them near the ribbon cable here. So if you do have a, a pipe portal and the adhesive is starting to come off, um, I totally recommend uh, just printing this piece out and then uh, snapping it on. Um, I made sure that it, it uh, doesn't cover up any of the artwork so the, the cutout, the viewing area is nice and, and, uh, and open, but it still kind of hides some of the stuff that you aren't going to see. Of course now it's nice and um, sticky. sticky, right? Maybe the humidity helps, but yeah, there it goes. So. Don't do this, but if it has happened, you could either put another sticky adhesive there. Uh, it's probably from the humidity; it got like loose. 
Um, so I definitely needed to design uh, this little guy here. I made sure the tonsils are loose enough, but not too loose so that it still holds it in place there. Um, so interesting little insight there to uh, the screen bezel and making sure that uh, it's not applying pressure to the ribbon cable so that you can still touch it. Some other things that I found useful is whenever you're uh, working on a, whenever you're filming or for taking pictures of anything with a display, there is just so much reflection. And one of the things that you can do to help reduce the reflection or just get a better image exposure is to tell the display to be as low brightness as possible. You can do that with one line of code. It's like uh, display dot brightness equals 0 0.01 <laughs> or 0.1 and uh, you can get a much uh, cleaner look. So let me go ahead and open the Moo Editor and uh, show you guys the line of code and actually adjust it and show you guys uh, what the difference is here. Let's see if I can hmm. try and figure out how to uh, quickly change the screen capture. If you want to take any comments right now, Pedro's a good time. There we go. So Scordia is saying that they just glued their screen uh, yeah, back right. on. Yeah, that's cool. That works too, hey? Uh, so here, here's our display here. Let me uh, make sure my Moo editors. Yeah, touch A, okay. So my REPL's reading the stuff, cool, I touched A. And here is the line of code. You do have to bring in, uh, you have to import the board. Um, library, and then you got to use this piece that says display equals board dot display, and then you don't need the rotation here. I just had it there, um, but here's the brightness display dot brightness point one. Let's do full on brightness and see what happens. You know what? It doesn't look so bad. Maybe on the webcam it looks. <laughs> It doesn't look too bad. Uh, but when you're, I don't know, when I'm filming like with my iPhone or the Blackmagic pocket camera, it, it, it tends to be overexposed. So I find it helpful to uh, adjust the brightness. But I guess you don't have to, uh, depending on your camera setup. This webcam probably does really good auto exposure. So that's not, it's not looking too bad. Another thing is just the reflections. How do you block it out? Just have a like a, something that's dark colored and that can go over the camera. Right now, like just here in itself, that, that's what's, uh, what's helping it there, but hey, reflections. So that was a little tip, I think. Cool. All right, uh, so let's jump to the- Discord, uh, Liz is saying that she used the acoustic guitar synth from Reason and recorded the audio in Ableton. Nice. That's how she got the uh, samples for that. So it's essentially a soundboard, and you can customize the graphics and the audio files to, to be whatever type of uh, themed thing you'd like. So it doesn't have to be a guitar tuner. It could be just something that's uh, like a soundboard for your podcast or something. So the Learn Guide covers uh, setting up CircuitPython, so you can always, when you're about to do a CircuitPython project, you might want to uh, consider updating to either the beta version or the latest stable release. And this, uh, most of our guides have, uh, I say all the guides have this nice rundown of, of all the different uh, libraries that you need to install. 
like here. Liz does an awesome job of walking through the code and breaking down all the little bits so that you can really get an insight look um, as to uh, how to display the bitmap. It's really easy with the PyPortal library. Uh, you can define what the background uh, is. So you get your bitmap there. You can load your audio files this way. Here's a nice array of, of labels. So using the uh, touchscreen buttons is a part of the buttons library. And here you, uh, you kind of list out uh, the positions of the buttons and the size of the buttons. And the actual buttons themselves, you can have some fun here and uh, kind of adjust the style of the button. There's um, different shapes of buttons you can have. You can have it uh, be transparent by saying fill color is none, or you can add a, a, um, a hex color like I did here for the outline color. So if you wanted no outline color, you can just say none or apply a, uh, a color. Um, I found without the, uh, the button outlines, it's kind of visually there's not much of a cue to know where to tap. So if we look carefully, you can see that there are uh, very faint uh, boxes here. And those are the actual button um, outlines so that you can get a visual cue as to where I actually need to tap. So that's why I added that in there. I think that is a little bit helpful for UX wise. <laughs> and if you, uh, the, uh, the, the gaps in between the notes being played, it's all kind of done through the wave file. So depending on how long the wave file is and you know, times of time and duration, uh, you can either speed it up or, or, or elongate it however you like. Um, but the code just kind of has a, a really short delay in the loop, which we're not there yet, but here we are. Back over. Here's the loop. Here's playing notes. <laughs> uh, and there's a little time sleep there. Um, so yeah, if you wanted to play more, you would just increase uh, the range here from three to whatever number you'd like. Sweet. So check it out. And uh, the, the 3D printing files are, are hosted here as well. I have the link to the stuff on Thingiverse, and you can get it directly from Fusion if you'd want to take that out. And also, of course, we have uh, links to our GitHub repo for all the different uh, Adafruit boards and components that are in 3D models, different uh, file formats. So you can check that out by uh, opening that in a new tab. But yeah, there's our PyPortal display with all the connectors and buttons on the back. Cool. All right, that's our guitar tuner. Cool. Actually, actually tuned a real guitar. <laughs> uh, the guitar is um, it's in the other room. It's actually my nephew, Pedro's son, Gavin. It's his guitar. His grandpa gave him. It's a kid guitar. That's why there's plastic things on it, <laughs> and it's a little bit smaller. It's kind of like a little bit oversized ukulele, but it sounds great now. It's uh, still in tune, and uh, it was a lot of fun tuning it. Yeah, if you can tell that it was a kid's guitar by all of the the coloring yeah, like that was on first, it. Uh, yeah, there's like you could use the crayons and color on it, which is super cute. Yeah. Uh, what's cool about this is it really reminds me of like uh, like the iPhone, the one use iPhone apps back in the day, <laughs> where it was just like they did one thing. That's true. Yeah. And now it's uh, like uh, it's a full device. Yeah, into, it's like a uh, device. hardware. Yeah. yeah. Your phone does everything, right? Well, sometimes you want a dedicated device just mm -hmm. to sit there. Sometimes you want to use it as a phone. Thing. <laughs> right. That's a really cool project. And 
Yeah, check it out. Uh, Liz is in there saying that uh, this was a, could also be used as um, great for cosplay props. Oh boy, that would, so, yes, uh, a Pip Boy, a Pie Boy, <laughs> like a, mm -hmm. from Fallout uh, video game series. That'd be a great little wearable on your, on your site here, just playing at different sounds. Or if you have something bigger, some sort of vehicle or something, you want to play some, some sounds, that'd be really cool. Uh, also, uh, having transparent buttons also makes it so you can have, this is what Liz typed out, uh, fancy UI backgrounds on a bitmap and then just place the shapes wherever you need them without uh, affecting how things look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a joke. You can tune a guitar, but you can't tune a fish. <laughs> That's a good one. And Yanni is saying uh, it'd be cool to add some motor controls to tune the guitar. Oh boy, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's super next level project there. But, uh, you know, the main, I guess, uh, kind of goal and point in the show is that um, you can whip this up in like half a day, a couple hours, mm -hmm. something like that. So. All right, cool. cool. Let's go ahead and jump into, what are we, prototyping? And uh, I'll quickly to mention, uh, we're not gonna do the show until because uh, you know, we have the, the week off and um, all, combining both weeks of the projects and there's yeah. just not gonna allot enough time. But here's one, an update on the little slot machine. Uh, this is difficult up by to get. Jeff Epler over here. Mm -hmm. So last week, or two weeks ago, we were figuring out how to get like a little, a little handle to actually actuate the button. And there was a really cool model uploaded by um, Thingiverse user Sunshine who had this spring-loaded box and the interesting thing about it was the built-in spring mechanism. So the way this works is it has a little spiral on there that is uh, controlling um, how the spring back happens. And that's so cool the way he did that. Whoa. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> So yeah, so the spring out. mechanism here is having it um, go back to its original pos position, and we have a little um, little tactile switch button there that will be hit by, you can hear it there, being activated. So uh, uh, have so, sort of a, a experience of having like a slot machine. So once this actuates, it'll hit the um, nice little slot animation, and. Uh, I don't think we have the power. Yeah, we didn't uh, power adapter didn't have here. enough time to yeah, set that see. up. But, I thought uh, I left it here. What's but... awesome is uh, we, we got our black LED acrylic pre-cut to the exact uh, dimensions that would fit here. And what's really neat is you can take this out and it just slides out easily. So Pedro designed this little slit here that has perfect tolerances for, uh, for the, uh, the thickness of the material. Um, it's frosted black and it's not like your regular LED. There's some def there's definitely some magic stuff going on here because it does allow the LEDs to shine through, but when it's turned off, you can't see through it. How is that happening? Uh, one of the things I wanted to do was design some feet that would uh, accommodate for the built-in thumb screws that are on here. These thumb screws come with this particular display and uh, they have like matte neodymium magnets as well on them, but uh, they're really easy to take off. You can just unscrew them and uh, they can come off. So there's two mounting holes here. There's two over here as well. And uh, I wanted to make it so that uh, it has some nice uh, support here. So this little foot here helps it uh, uh, stay not so bouncy and doesn't tip over so, so bad. 
So it's uh, using the uh, RGB matrix feather wing, and the main brains of it is the, uh, the Feather M4 Express. There we go. And here's the lovely display. It is so gorgeous with the black LED acrylic. It really makes this thing beautiful. And just as a little uh, before and after to show what it looks like with and without the uh, black acrylic on there, you can definitely see uh, the better diffusion on it that happens with the, this uh, awesome acrylic material. See like half of that and it's like just barely legible on a camera on screen, but in person you really can't tell what in it is. In person it's like so eye-blindingly so piercing. Out, yeah. Yeah. You can see the difference of that guy there. And again, we are looking to stock these, uh, the um, black LED acrylic from Tap Plastics. Like you were saying before, they uh, do have the ability to actually cut this to the specific size you need. I will post the, uh, the actual size on this if you want to go ahead and start uh, ordering since uh, with you know everything going on right now I think it's like delayed by about two weeks that's how long it takes to get orders out but yeah definitely a awesome use of the um, protomatter that uh, Phil B and Jepler, uh, Jeff Epler had worked on and I think there's gonna be more projects uh, coming up for this <clears throat> you can see the original code here on the learn guide that uh, Jeff worked on Link yep, and I'm just putting it up. Yeah, so huge shout out to, to uh, Phil B and Jeff Epler putting this together. The uh, example is called the Ada Fruit Machine. So you can check that out. I reworked the, the, uh, the bitmap here. So I, I kind of redrawing all the little characters um, so that they are a little bit more sharp and more uh, pixel-esque, more 8-bit-esque because uh, you know, it's a 64 by 32. So the you don't have a lot of pixels to work with, so re reworking it is uh, nice than scaling it down. And it doesn't look too bad, but hey. And it looks like I think Jeff used like some paper here to diffuse it. That could also help as well. It does help yeah. turn it yeah, down Yeah, one a of bit. the things that we were testing is like uh, how far away we uh, wanted to place this. So it still had a, or it was still, you know, you could see the pixels, but it wasn't too, uh, blurry and uh, we just have uh, Sunshine who joined in to the YouTube chat hey, hey, and Sunshine. yeah check out uh, used your uh, spring mechanism to have like sort of like a slot machine thing where it actually actuates the button down here so recreated inside of a Fusion 360 using the spiral uh, tool in there and just uh, referenced your model to uh, have that uh, having a nice little spring back effect yeah so we will uh, probably release this next up. week, I believe. It's called uh, Spring... Spring Box, I think? Spring Box? Yeah. I'm trying to pull up the uh, Sunshine's uh, thing. Of course, I won't be able to find it now. Yeah. Maybe just type in Sunshine. Also, model, there's a really uh, bunch of really cool techniques that he shows in the YouTube video that's linked in that as well like having a staggered, um, like the inside of the box so you don't have all these overhangs. So definitely check that out, super cool. Do you think it would be in the, the likes? How would I get this? Um, I think it's, it's in the sheets way. too. In the sheets? Yeah. Bear with us guys, we really wanna sh show uh, Sunshine's uh, thing over his post. Could be on uh, other sites too, but. I got it. 
Where can I get it? Over here. I posted in the Discord. It's a print in place box. As you can see where we're referencing this really cool springback mechanism. Okay, here it is. So cool. Thanks. All right, it's almost there, folks. Here we are. Pedro just posted, I think, the link in the various chats, but here it is now on screen. Turbo Sunshine. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, um, Turbo Sunshine made it into a box so that it springs open. And it really is an awesome uh, mechanism that I've, I haven't seen anyone do before. So it's really, really cool. Check him out, give him a follow, and check out his content and designs. They're really awesome stuff. Nice uh, use of mechanical uh, properties and um, you know interesting ways and uh, approaches to uh, designing stuff for 3D printing. There's also a, uh, an instructable as well you can check out. Um, and also just printing the piece itself, which is really yeah. nice, was really helpful. I don't think he printed the whole box, he just printed the Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, has, he provides a file just for tolerance testing to get the, um, the gears to work yeah. uh, without fusing. That's pretty cool. interesting. Let's check it out. So this is uh, what I've been working on, and we'll release this uh, probably next week. So cool. And I have a feeling there will be a couple more projects coming up with the uh, LED matrixes now that we have a, a good um, library for uh, CircuitPython to uh, run a bunch of really cool uh, projects on there. Yeah. So definitely stay tuned for that. Yeah, there's one of them on the blog that you might um, want to take a look at here. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Mm, yeah, the protest signs. Protest signs. There's code out there. Yeah, I'm working on a yeah. uh, nice little handle for it. So like uh, you can use like a broomstick. Uh, so we're getting some threads uh, designed for that so you can hold it up. Yeah, that'd be really cool when you do that. It'd be interesting to, to adapt this design or maybe even the feet so that it's mm -hmm. nicely secured and mounted. Yeah, I think it'd be like a framing on the back and then uh, that has the uh, thread on there so you can put it on a broomstick. Pretty cool. Excellent. All right. And checking out the notes, I think that is going to do it for this week. We do have one last community to make. Let's see if we can run oh. through it real quick. The mini pan vise. Oh, yeah, It's a yeah, little yeah, vise yeah. that uh, holds PCBs. It's got a, like a V-shape for, uh, for the teeth. And uh, it was printed using the marble filament. And there it is. Yeah, so sometimes when we're soldering little components like the uh, Itsy Bitsy here or the what we actually used it on was for the, um, the Feather Matrix wing uh, that's on the back of this guy here. Uh, sometimes uh, for filming purposes, you know, it can get in the way of the camera. And one thing that I did not show on the time-lapse video is um, the way that it, that it rotates. So let me get that back in here into the V-shape for this. Goes in there like that. And again, I'm Try super, super yeah. impressed with the threading that uh, was designed on this, specifically because it was, uh, you know, it's like chopped off, uh, so it doesn't have to have any supports on it. Right. It's uh, this part right here actually allows you to rotate it to get an angle, a uh, proper angle for soldering. So you can have it completely straight down, or you can have it on the side like that. And a really good um, tolerances between the threads. I didn't have to do any. Uh, uh, horizontal compensation for that and then this is actually a rim remix um, they added like a little um, a little clamp 
clamped the on there. The V grooves. Yeah, the V grooves for the shaped jaws for the uh, PCBs. Yeah. So shout out to uh, Mickey Manu mm -hmm. on Thingiverse for posting up this as a remix. Here's some photos of it. Um, here's the original design. Oh, and it looks like I actually put it in there <laughs> incorrect. It looks like this little thread is supposed to go in between. Oh, there's like two sizes here. I didn't know there's a bigger <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, there's a bigger one. Obviously, we want the smaller yeah. one because of the um, you know little boards that we're using to solder. So what was? This is supposed to be between here. Oh, okay. <laughs> But it still works. Yeah. I, I, I'm the one who was soldering and using it, and I'm happy that I didn't burn it or melt it, <laughs> the tip. This is a little bit uh, of a problem. It, it does need some grip there. So maybe oh, some yeah. rubber feet or something. Rubber feet or like sandpaper so it doesn't slide silicone around. Silicone bottom or something. Mm -hmm. Even on the silicone mat, it was slipping around a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah. probably some sandpaper on the bottom would, uh, mm -hmm. or the feet. Yeah, you can buy good. some, uh, it, it, they're like meant for drawers. You know what I'm talking about? These yeah. little rubber mats for drawers, and you're you're able to like, cut them. So like I was thinking about something. doing that, but again, time. Yeah, cool. So that is a very useful uh, print there. Cool. Shout out to uh, the two folks who posted it on uh, Thingiverse. Always, always nice to uh, print out some tools and give them a, a try. Mm -hmm. It's definitely uh, using tools to print a tool to make a tool. Tool to tools <laughs> all the way down. All right, cool. And again, like you mentioned before, it is using the marble filament, which comes out really good. Yeah. And this is just the, uh, I think it's Solutech on Amazon. I think All I right. posted the link uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Cool. All right. Now that's going to do it for this week's yep. episode. Don't forget, we have a bunch of shows coming up later tonight. Uh, we have full show hour and tell. of show and tell. Yeah, it'll be. A, yes, thank you. Uh, make sure you're on Discord. That's uh, discord.gg slash Adafruit. Uh, so you can uh, get the invite link. It'll be posted in the live broadcast chat room so folks can join in and share what they're working on. And then shortly after, an hour after, uh, at 8 p.m., Lamar and Phil will be chatting and sharing all the different things that are going on. Ask Engineer every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Programming note, this is 3D Hangouts. We do the show every Wednesday at 11 a.m. If you are ever curious to all the different shows, what are their times, we can use Discord and say question mark show times, or is it show time? Maybe it's show time. Can Discord help me? <laughs> you can't even do it now. Let's see. Let's go up there and, and find it. I'm not going to find it, am I? No. <laughs> Great. It's right at the beginning. There we go. Why didn't it work for me? I guess it only works for uh, moderators or something? Showtimes? Anyway, here's the whole list of shows. May Code Live at 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time on Tuesdays. 3D Hangouts, Show and Tell, Ask Engineer, Desk of Lady Ada, John Park's Workshop, John Park Show and Tell, and a Deep Dive with Scott. Shout out to Scott doing the deep dives every Friday at 5 p.m. It's becoming a regular. So there you go. Scroll all the way down. Oh, the bot's acting up. Of course, now that I've actually talked about it, I've broken the bot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thanks, folks. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you guys on Show and Tell. We'll be there, and we hope to see you as well.
And remember to make a, a great, great day. day. Bye, folks. Till the time. Bye.